This podcast is powered by Foundry, a hybrid progressive art space located in downtown Dubai's Boulevard. It includes exhibition spaces, co-working environment, a creative library, podcast room, and a cafe. Hey everyone, today on the podcast we have Faisal Al-Hassan all the way over from Abu Dhabi. Um... Faisal came into the studio with such good energy, and I think you'll be able to feel it throughout the episode. He spoke to us uh, quite a bit about his personal trajectory and how he's evolved over time, and also quite specifically about how 421 or Warehouse 421 or whatever you want to call it has also evolved over time and, and where it's going in the future. I think it's uh, an exciting and optimistic and uplifting episode, and I really enjoyed speaking to Faisal. Hi, Anita. Hi, Sarah. Hi. How are you today? I'm good. I'm feeling good. We're glad you're finally here. You said you listened to a lot of our episodes, which is really nice to hear. So now it's your turn to be the main character. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad to be here. Thank you guys for having me. I thought we could backtrack a little bit. I went through your LinkedIn profile this morning. Oh, God. I haven't (laughs) been on my LinkedIn profile for years. Whatever you read there... It's not true. No, no. Um, So I was surprised to find out that you actually started by uh, working in diplomacy and public relations in Jordan, right? Yes, that is uh, something that not a lot of people know about. Yeah, I started my career back in Jordan from uh, 2003. Yes, 2003 for about eight or nine years uh, in diplomacy and public relations uh, for uh, the royal court in Jordan. Uh, And then right around the time of my 30th birthday, so now you can calculate and tell exactly how old I am, (laughs) uh, I had this uh, kind of um, career crisis moment. uh, And I'm like, you know, I love my job. I enjoy it very much. Uh, it opened so many doors for me. I, I got to travel the world, meet so many inspiring, incredible people. But just something was just not working for me. Something wasn't right. I felt like I needed to be in something um, a lot more creative. And I quit my job. <laughs> With nothing like that. Yeah. Hmm? With nothing lined up. Uh, yeah, it was just not working out, and uh, I, I I had to change. You know, I felt like there was a time for the need for a change, and um, nothing was lined up. I um, spent a couple of months just, you know, trying to figure out what I want to do and where I want to be, and uh, and and then. Um, I was here in in Dubai actually for uh, a holiday, and um, met some people. And the next day, I found myself in Abu Dhabi uh, doing some interviews uh, with back then uh, what was called uh, TDIC, 
the company that was, uh, you know, overlooking the, uh, you know, the Saudi development. And uh, I met with, I think, maybe eight people in one day. Wow. <laughs> and you were <laughs> supposed to be on vacation. Yeah, it was <laughs> real. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, they um, offered me a job. And I, I took it and um, haven't looked back uh, since then. It was a major shock to my system, to how I've been working and operating and, and you know, starting from literally from scratch again. Um, and um, there were a lot of moments where I started doubting uh, the decisions I have made and um, it didn't help that also my parents were doubting the decisions I made. Mm. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, looking back, I think that was the best decision that I've made. Um, couldn't be happier today where I am and with who I am and with what I'm doing. It's, uh, it was really, really um, a life-changing decision. And before you came to Abu Dhabi, had you worked in the arts in Jordan? Um, not directly, but yes. Um, uh, through the work that I was doing, I was, you know, um, um, involved uh, a little bit with the um, Royal Film Commission um, from the outside, uh, with the Media Council as well from the outside. But nothing, nothing like what I'm doing today. Nothing, nothing related to that, not at all. Yeah. And when when you were coming to Abu Dhabi, what was the re like in Jordan? What was the reputation of the working in the arts here? What was the art scene imagined to be like in Dubai and in Abu Dhabi and Sharjah? I mean, what did you know about it before you came here? It was a lot different than um, what I've realized it is to be being coming from Jordan and uh, with. A limited understanding of the creative ecosystem here. I did feel uh, a lot like it's um, it's overhyped up, and uh, it did feel like uh, you know it it was just a moment where um, a lot of money was being poured in into it. Um, that is this you know the very superficial understanding that I had. Um, obviously, I actually came here right after the financial crisis of 2008. And uh, I was actually surprised that I, <laughs> I, was, uh, I did not seek a job, but I was offered a job uh, uh, where at that time it, it really felt like everything was uh, put on hold and uh, nothing was moving. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, before that, like uh, every time I, I've uh, come to Dubai or Abu Dhabi or Sharjah, it, uh, um, they all felt very different from one another, uh, even for me from the outsider, uh, as an outsider coming in uh, um, before. And for a while, they continued to be like that for me. You know, like every city had its own kind of distinct uh, arts and culture ecosystem in a way. I mean, they each have their own character, you know, as, to start with. But uh, if you're looking at it specifically from the kind of like that, the, you know, the cultural landscape lens, um, each one had a very distinct character. Today, I find that, you know, there's a bit of uh, uh, an optimistic, positive uh, 
change to that. You know, like when you look at Abu Dhabi, for example, a few years back, you know, you can always just uh, immediately think of the big institutions, you know, the words that you hear, Louvre, Guggenheim, uh, you know, and where you... And Dubai, what you hear about Dubai is, uh, you know, the Christie's, Sotheby's, uh, the IFC uh, galleries. This was, you know, the type of the vibe uh, that you, what you would hear of. It, it's these, uh, you know, the commercial art market. And Sharjah is Biennale, mm. you know. That's the first word that, you know, pops up into your head. And, but today, you know, you look at Abu Dhabi, you look at places and, you know, smaller uh, uh, spaces. You look at grass, uh, grassroots uh, collect- collectives that are, um, you know, coming up in Dubai. Um, you know, Circal Art Foundation, Jamil Art Center, and Sharjah. You know, the, the different uh, smaller spaces that are open up, uh, opening up, and and you start to see that there is, you know, kind of a, a little bit of a change to that cultural ecosystem, creative ecosystem where it's becoming a lot more dynamic mm. and not siloed. Mm. I'm curious because oh. I, I know you, you, you're you based in Abu Dhabi and your work is in Abu Dhabi. Do you feel, even though the work is not as siloed, do you feel like there is almost like a cross-border um, sense of competition, rivalry, or separation? I know it's a sensitive question. I like to ask <laughs> the difficult questions. No, no, I'm happy to, I'm happy to answer. I, the way I look at it, it's a little bit different. I, I don't like to use the word com- competitor. We, I I, uh, I don't remember who who said it, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna take this and I'm gonna uh, stick with it. Co-editors, mm. uh, you know, we work, uh, you know, in a in a small um, uh, kind of uh, ecosystem. I keep using that word. Sorry, I yeah, I realize you're gonna hear it uh, six hundred <laughs> times. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, everyone wants to kind of you know, uh, follow their mandate, uh, do what they need to do. But it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, uh, in a very competitive way. And it also doesn't have to be in an individualistic way. Um, we um, at 421, from, the, from day one, we've, we decided that we're not, gonna, we're not going to, um, uh, you know, stick by that and just try to do things on our own and, and uh, you know, and move on with that. We decided that collaborations and partnerships across borders uh, are going to be really at the center of what we do. And I think we've done a really good job at, mm, at that. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it, it, it has, uh, you know, prompted a lot of people to start to think about it that way, to start mm. to think about how do you do, how do you work uh, within, uh, you know, uh, this uh, uh, group of really brilliant uh, uh, and passionate, uh, uh, you know, practitioners, cultural practitioners, culture, and and uh, and how do you kind of start to find ways to uh, come together and 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 work for the betterment of uh, you know um, the artists, the um, the uh, the public. And um, 
it's it's not really that difficult. Mm. It really not. It's not really that difficult. Yeah. No. I mean, honestly, mm. even in asking that question, I I, ex I I expected your response to be something like that because I was very happy to see um, the recent four two one performance symposium with the foundation, as the Foundation and NYU Abu Dhabi. So working all together, I think, as as institutions across borders, was really uh, a joy to bring together, and that it was. Um, that it took place in both Emirates as one cohesive thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, we just wrapped it up uh, very recently, but uh, this is going to be for me one of those examples that I always bring up when people, you know, start talking about how, you know, how do you how do you go about working together? Because that was, a, you know, really for me a very successful example of just. Uh, us and uh, and Asirkal uh, having a, you know a very casual, comfortable afternoon conversation um, at one of the events and saying you know we really need to you know do something together and uh, I think Vilma said that mm. and and I'm like yes we should how's Tuesday afternoon for you to, you know let's meet and start thinking about things and and she you know we literally just. You know, uh, sent sent a couple of emails, uh, set up a time, and actually, you know, uh, followed up on what we casually say all the time, mm. and we started with with no specific agenda, no, um, uh, not really uh, uh, any parameters to work within. It was just just conversations uh, between Nada. Uh, and mice, uh, and and it just grew out of that. It grew out of what do we, you know, how can we actually contribute uh, collectively uh, to a topic like uh, performance? And a year later, uh, NYU comes in and like what you guys are doing is 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 great, is incredible. Do you need help? How can we help? How can we come and contribute to 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 this? And and you see, it, it, it really worked. It, like it did, two yeah. years in, and it's it's one of those like most incredible, uh, well thought out, uh, um, you know, rigorous uh, uh, programs that uh, that we've done. I completely agree. I and I, I yeah, I couldn't I couldn't mm. say what you said in better words. Um, I know we're going to talk quite a bit about 421, I'm sure. Um, but before we do, I want to pick up on something that you said a bit earlier, which was that when you first arrived you, you to the UAE, you got the sense that um, a lot of money was being pumped into the cultural industry. Um, and I, I, for some reason, really resonate with that even today. Because, you know, being on the inside end of, of, of a lot of cultural projects that are backed by um, the government or backed even by... Uh, private private uh, corporations, it, I really see that there is continued investment into it, and I almost wonder if you if you feel like that ecosystem of of culture that's really blossoming and booming right now is a sustainable one, and are there ways that you know we can make sure that what's happening isn't just a matter of you know companies doing CSR or, you know, meeting goals and actually we're building something that's going to last forever? There are easier questions later. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get to this or that <laughs> already? Um, no, look, um, it, it, it's a, 
it's a really uh, exciting moment right now. And I know I'm one of those people who, uh, you know, like sometimes is, is uh, annoyingly positive. Um, uh, but it is an exciting moment. But I think we need to um, make sure that we f- we find a way to continue to make it quite sustainable. Um, and the only way for us to make it sustainable is to look at... Uh, you know, at everything holistically. Um, the artists and creative practitioners in general that are, uh, you know, uh, that call the UAE home today are growing. Uh, yes, a lot of people leave, but, you know, but there's more exciting people that are either uh, coming in or, you know, kind of, or just uh, you know, really coming out of uh, of hiding, let's just say. Um, but I think what what we really need to uh, try to you know to support a lot more is a sustained practice for these artists. A lot of artists uh, that are working here today either work towards a commission or just towards uh, you know answering to an open call for an exhibition and. Uh, you know, there isn't that continuous inquiry uh, into their practice. And that's because of a lot of different reasons. You know, it's very hard to to uh, to make a living out of being an artist uh, here in the UAE. Mm-hmm. Uh, cost of living, cost of living is, is quite high. Uh, studio spaces are quite limited. Um, so there's so many different reasons uh, that make it a lot more difficult. And these are the things that we need to actually start to focus on a little bit more mm-hmm. uh, is how do you make it, uh, you know, more sustainable for creative practitioners to continue to live and work and produce here and, uh, you know, have, a, again, a sustained practice. Without that, it's going to be very hard for us to maintain what's mm-hmm. happening right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, another thing is, is also, yes, there are some, um, um, you know, private uh, patrons, uh, corporations. Do I think it's enough already? No, mm-hmm. 100% not. Mm-hmm. Uh, we cannot continue to rely on the government um, to be a, the main supporter for the, you know, uh, creative practices and creative uh, you know, projects in the UAE. I think the private sector needs to also uh, kind of uh, be more involved. And I think, I, I mean, this is what I'd propose and I'd want to hear your response, but it's all this support, this financial support, this institutional support is necessary at this point because in the UAE's art ecosystem, we're at, in like, it's been 10 years but we're kind of in this period of cultural shift. And a really important aspect of that is education and programming and getting everyone to care about these artists' work. Because otherwise, no, no matter how great the works of these cultural practitioners is, if no one's engaging and people don't understand it, there isn't really any future. It's definitely not sustainable. And I think that's something that Warehouse does, 421 does really well. Like um, Last week, I took my parents to see The Mirrors Are Many, and they loved it, and they really engaged with it. My mom was like, this library is great. I'm going to come here every day. She told all her friends about it. And, you know, those are two more people who are going to want to see the next show as well. So I think it's not just about the funding, but also about the audience. I feel like now you kind of have to rope people in. 
And that's something that I'd well, kind of have to rope people in. Um, but as they start to get interested organically, I feel like that, that it's going to be more balanced, you know? There's going to be... A hundred percent. Like, you know, uh, I don't have a formal education in, in the arts. Uh, uh, and I... You know, like the way I see it, I think that it works really for the benefit of the space that I run uh, as 421. Uh, from the very beginning, you know, one of the things when I, uh, you know, um, started to think about what sort of uh, a space we want 421 to be. And I, I, you know, I wanted it to be uh, a space where everyone's welcome and everyone can actually feel welcome and not just you know being welcomed at the door but just actually feel that they can walk in and enjoy uh you know uh, an art uh, exhibition and understand it and be able to walk out with um you know a clear idea of what the curator or the artist uh is trying to convey agree or disagree with them that's a different story but just to understand uh, what they're, what uh, you know, what they're really actually talking about here, and sometimes I find it very hard in different places. You know, where I go is like, uh, you know, like you read the text, I read the text in English, and then I'm like, okay, I don't understand what you know what's happening here, and then I read it in Arabic and I don't understand, and I start to think like, oh, you know, is it, you know, beyond my yeah. level of intellect, and I'm like, yeah. and then I started to think, no, it shouldn't be, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. it should not be, it, you know. The problem is with the text, not with me. Uh, if the text is not clear, if the curator is not able to to identify really, uh, you know, the purpose, what are they trying to to say here, and what they expect from me to to get me getting what they what what they're expecting or not or agreeing with it, that's a different story. But just tell me clearly mm-hmm. what are you trying to say here, mm-hmm. and make it digestible for everyone and, and that was something that from the very beginning we 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 were very uh, adamant and determined that this is going to be the way we look at things you know and we continue to actually you know um, have um, multiple conversations with writers with curators with uh, with artists you know that that Simplifying the language doesn't mean you're dumbing it down. Doesn't mean, uh, you know, that complex doesn't need to be complicated. You know, you can have complex ideas. Just, you know, you can break them down in digestible uh, sentences that everyone can actually follow along with you on that. And <clears throat> so, yeah, it's it's really important to to start to make all of our spaces less intimidating welcoming, uh, accessible to, to, to everyone so people can start to really come in and appreciate the work that you do and appreciate um, uh, what these artists are talking about and thinking about and, you know, start to be part of that conversation. Could you tell us a bit more about the curatorial development exhibition program? Because I think this was like a little intro, like a little <laughs> lesson for us. But um, what's the structure like? What kind of support can applicants expect? Um, and how can people apply? Um, so the curatorial development program was uh, one of many programs that we decided to launch back in 2020. So uh, in 2020, we had, uh, you know, uh, 
the time to really slow down a little bit. You know, if there's any silver lining to that horrible year, for us at least was the fact that we could actually slow down a little bit and uh, really contemplate uh, and reflect back on what we've done so far and look at what worked, what didn't, uh, you know, the mistakes that we've made and how can we learn from them and uh, what's missing in our program. And uh, we've developed a five-year strategy uh, and at the core of that strategy is the capacity building programs that, that we've launched. And one of them is the curatorial development, artistic development uh, program as well, and the residency and the research grant. But for curatorial development, since you're asking about that uh, in particular, uh, the idea is to, <coughs> to start to look at young curators from the UAE and from the region that are not getting the opportunities that artists are. You know, there is, there is uh, uh, definitely more opportunities for artists today than it is for people uh, like curators or writers uh, here in the UAE and in the region in general. And it's the idea is that, uh, you know, yes, we're developing and we're supporting these artists, but they also need people that can bring them together, that can tell their story and can help them, you know, uh, put up exhibitions and... And it started from that, basically. And uh, we realized that definitely it's not something that we can or want to do on our own. And we started looking for, you know, partners that, you know, can actually come in and we work together on putting that program. And Bicar uh, was, you know, very early on um, the right fit for us. Uh, I met with Rohit through... Uh, Kevin Jones uh, in one of Kevin Jones' uh, uh, conversation series and uh, I literally just fell in love with his uh, way of thinking and the way he kind of articulates himself and the work that he does and again it started with just conversations how can we build this program what does it need and and we continue to improve on it and add on to it you know two years in uh, from the pilot to the first, uh, um, you know, um, uh, program, and now we're closing the second. We we realize that these programs are never going to be perfect, and they will they will always need some tweaking, some changes. Some as you you know, like as you as you go, you realize you know you can only you can never perfect something unless you practice it. So yeah, the program is open to uh, curators from around the region uh, there's uh, an open call yearly um, under a specific theme each year and um, the program is is quite rigorous and it's uh, it's it runs for about nine months um, uh, one part of it is a is a public uh, colloquium where we invite writers philosophers curators and artists to kind of uh, have conversations and discussions around a certain topic and then there is um, multiple levels of one-on-one -on -one, uh, mentorship with uh, us and Bicar on one side but also with a selected mentor for the curator and um, I couldn't be proud of the of the results that uh, came out of it like if you look at Mona's exhibition it's it's a really incredible show very, very well put together. And for someone who's, this is their first, uh, you know, experience as a curator to come up with a, with an exhibition at that level is, is really, really phenomenal. When is the show up until? It's open till uh, May 8th. 
both of them, Mashid's uh, uh, show and, and uh, Munash's show are open till May 8th. Okay, uh. we'll try to release this before then. <laughs> we want everyone to go. Um, but on a personal note, that exhibition was so special to me because uh, Fatima Uzjanova, as part of her Museum of Banishment series, she has uh, a work um, focusing on the on four deported peoples from the Soviet Union. And to see like Chechnya even written on on a space that I frequent, that the people I work with go to often, it was so powerful for me, so powerful for my parents, even to see my friends who I talk to about it all the time, they're like, oh, it is a real country, like, it's here. <laughs> um, yeah, I, that, that show really, really touched me. Um, Mona's whole curation, not even just that work, but all of it was chef's kiss. Mm, thank you. I'm glad, I mean, I'm glad you, you guys really enjoyed it. Um, and you said something that I love, uh, you can't perfect something without practicing it. And then going back to this idea of like Abu Dhabi versus Dubai, Abu Dhabi is the best, of course. <laughs> 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 um, something I was reflecting with this weekend, actually, because me and my friend spent the weekend here in Dubai, we're like, uh, Dubai is too much, you know, everything's happening so quickly, like I want to slow down, I like being at my house, like at my heart, I'm a pensioner. Uh, and Dubai is like too quick. And then thinking about the exhibition openings here, it feels like Abu Dhabi is a bit slower in everything. And that gives us time to, to more time to make work and more time to reflect. And that kind of makes us more open to making mistakes. I don't know if everyone feels this way, but I think that's central to the ethos of Warehouse 421. Because you actually said this to me a year ago, and it really stuck with me. You said... Uh, something that the art ecosystem in the UAE is lacking is range. We need somewhere to be able to uh, show uh, works by artists who are like earlier in their career, who are still experimenting. It doesn't have to be the best show. It just has to be a show. Um, and I think that's so powerful. And could you talk a bit more about this? Like, how did you come to this realization that this is what's <laughs> missing? Uh, I mean, <clears throat> it, it was very clear to, to us, you know, uh, as I said in the very beginning, you know, like you, uh, when I when I first came here, you can actually really see the clear distinction between uh, uh, what's happening in Dubai and what's happening in Abu Dhabi and and in Sharjah, and <clears throat> although there was a lot of development happening, it, it felt like it was going into two distinct directions: uh, the big ticket institutions and the commercial art market. And then you realize that there, there, although there were like a lot of opportunities for engagement with, uh, with uh, you know, artists from here, uh, but it wasn't uh, a sustained, uh, you know, um, um, uh, support. Uh, there weren't many places like uh, 421 that really catered for that level of, you know, um, early to mid-career practitioners that are not yet ready for either the big ticket institutions or the commercial art market. You know, they're, they're this really uh, impressive, brilliant group of uh, young practitioners that need a space, you know, to uh, really kind of like have that exposure and have interaction with the public for their work, a place where they can you know, not perfect things and be able to kind of engage and learn uh, 
you know, uh, from from peers and from you know uh, critics and uh, um, other you know uh, creative practitioners to kind of like hone in a little bit more and you know uh, develop their work more. The one thing that I would you know I don't know if it's really related, but the one thing that we continue to struggle with a little bit is people getting that, understanding that, you know. Uh, <clears throat> A lot of times I, I hear comments like, um, you know, uh, you know, the, the show is great, but I wish that work, that specific work was a little bit more developed or, uh, you know, the curatorial concept is a little bit still, you know, it can, you know, it needs a bit more fine tuning or, uh, you know, like, ah, uh, you know, like, um, people comparing us to different institutions <clears throat> and people are still not getting what we're trying to do here. Mm. You know, they're still not getting that. Yes, we put on very well uh, curated shows, very well thought out, uh, you know, and but they don't necessarily need to be perfect shows. You can't compare a show that's happening at 421 with a show that's happening at NYU Art Gallery or at Jamil or at SAF. Mm. You, you can't, you know, it's it's a different, uh, uh, you know, it's a different s- setup altogether. What we're trying to do is very, very different. And also within within the, you know, the uh, the artists as well, you know, the idea that you need to be a little bit more vulnerable, the idea that you need to open up yourself to not have the, the best work that you've done yet, you know, because... Uh, I say that all the time, like to to artists or curators that we work with. This is not going to be your best work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope it's not your exactly, best work, yeah. uh, you know, because otherwise, I failed in trying to do what I'm in trying to do here with you. You know, this is not going to be your best show. It doesn't have to be. It better not be. Mm-hmm. Um, when we get when we get. Um, uh, applications, for example, for our artistic research grant. Um, a lot of the applications that we get are for a, you know, like a production almost. Like it's for a really finalized project. And this is not what the grant is for. It's for the research part. So a lot of times we, we go back to the applicants and be like, okay, we're going to support a portion of your project which is just the research and they're confused they're like what do you mean like so what do i use the money for and like the research part Mm. and they're like okay how do i demonstrate to you uh that like the research i don't need to say an exhibition you know it's not the whole point of the grant is to give you the time and the space and the funding to slow down, not think about a final product, not think that I need to get to that point, just start somewhere and see where that's gonna, going to take you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to take you to, you know, you don't need to get to point B. You don't need to set your eye directly at that and make sure that's the only way to get there because then you're going to miss out on a lot of other opportunities and a lot of other things while you're doing that. Mm. So slow down, take this opportunity and not think of an outcome. Mm. And it's still hard. It's still hard because we're, 
the way the system is structured is, again, to specific commissions, specific exhibitions, and everything needs to be perfect. Everything needs to be, you know, you can't make mistakes. Uh, all of that, you know, we're trying to change within ourselves as well. You know, like, just think that, you know, not everything's going to be perfect and not everything's going to be right from the beginning. And that's okay. You know, we allow ourselves to make mistakes. Mm. We understand that we do. Uh, we hope people can understand that we can also make mistakes and learn from these mistakes and develop a little bit more. Mm. Uh, what's a risk that you've taken, like a big risk that you've taken with an exhibition or an artwork and how did it play out? <laughs> I mean, we take a lot of risks in the work that we do. I agree oh. with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I can actually narrow it down on one thing, but it's, 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 uh, you know, it's a good way for us to start to think about risk and talk about risk because it's something that, uh, you know, we, we, we think about a lot in our work. Every project that we, you know, get into before we actually uh, decide that we're going to move on, move forward with it. Uh, there's a lot of work that's being done in um, in not just preparing, but thinking about all the risks, the impact. Uh, how do you measure that? How do you how do you uh, put together a plan for everything? You know, we think about the the most the bizarrest things ever. You know, from the exhibition being shut down to flooding to all of these. You know, like every single type of risk, and we start to think about them. Um, and we don't think about them alone. We also think about them collectively with the people that we're working with. And that's something that was an eye-opener to a lot of artists that we've worked with. You know, we come in to any specific artist and be like, so here are some hostile questions that you might be asked about your artwork. And a lot of times they're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, these are some possible hostile questions about this specific work. Let's workshop. How do you think you can respond to them? And they're like, why should I respond to them? You know, it's here in your space. And I'm like, yes, but it's still your work. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, you know, you need to understand that there is a collective risk. Mm -hmm. And that changes everything to the artist. They start to understand that it's not, you know, once you put something inside an institution, it, you know, you, you, you're not removed completely from it. Mm -hmm. You can't be, you know, you need to understand that the institution is going to be here to support and protect you as much as it can. But you're also taking something out to the public. You need to understand that you're going to be critiqued for it. You know, some people are not going to like it. Some people are going to be very upset about it, with it. Some people are, you know, they're not going to think it's appropriate, uh, etc. So how do you how do you think you can actually uh, uh, deal with that? Mm. And the conversation completely changes mm. from there. Um, I, I, I really respect what, what 421 has done, and I think actually I can trace a, a trajectory of my experience with 421 as someone who lived in Abu Dhabi for quite some time. I went to high school in Abu Dhabi, and then I went to NYU in Abu Dhabi, and I, I actually think um, my, my best memories of 421 are, are, are recent ones, because I really feel like 
what, what you identify as the COVID year where you guys had the time to slow down and rethink things, I think changed a lot about the space. It changed a lot about how it felt like it was supporting the community. I mean, 421 has always been a really great space for us to go as Abu Dhabi dwellers, young Abu Dhabi dwellers, to go see interesting exhibitions, things that as you say, are a bit rougher around the edges, but no less interesting for being for being rough around the edges. Um, into into something that, and I I I don't know if you guys want to even think of yourselves as such, but as something of an institution. Um, and I think maybe the show that I identify the the most as as kind of being the switch over into a bit of an institution is the show by um, Sara Al Agrubi and Sara Sara Safwan. And when I visited that show, I think it had just been after you you renovated the space and you had the new walls in. And I remember going in and and reading this multi chapter show, and being like, this feels like I'm. I don't know. Am I in a, in the Tate with a multiple room show and each one has. You know, but it was accessible. It was everything that that you're saying you wanted it to be. It it didn't overcomplicate. It addressed an interesting topic. It took risks. Um, it worked with people who were at the infancy of their not infancy, but at the beginning of their of their curatorial practice. Um, and I think it's it's a testament to how putting your mind to what you want what you want your space to become can really pay off and that we receive those things on on the audience end of 421. So it's really it's really exciting to hear you say that that's what you're trying to do and that's exactly what we're receiving. No, uh, thank you. And um, I was having a conversation just on uh, Friday. I was doing a presentation about kind of the history of 421 and how it started, where we're, you know, where are we today and how did we get there? <clears throat> and uh, you know, looking back, I think it, I wouldn't have changed a thing from how we did everything, because we started with a very specific mission, but it took us a few years to understand how do we actually really live up to that mission, and we only got to that after really spending a couple of years understanding who we are, understanding who is our community, understanding what they really need, and building from there. We didn't, we didn't walk in in the typical way where with a very organized, rigid structure of what sort of programs and, and things that we're going to be doing. We walked in with a space and with the um, with the humility to just experiment. And we were very lucky. These, this is an opportunity that, you know, me on a personal level, I don't think a lot of people get that. You know, you get a space and you, uh, you know, you get the funding to try things out and see if they work or not. Mm. It's it's an incredible opportunity that you know that doesn't come very often, and it really helped us build these programs, really from the ground up mm. rather than from top down, because they're all based on conversations that we've had with artists, with curators, with writers, with partners. You know, really understanding what is missing, specifically in Abu Dhabi, but also in the UAE and the larger region. What is missing? How can we contribute? And how can we? 
you know, <clears throat> allow ourselves the space where to know that as we go into every program and every exhibition, that it might not work. And that's absolutely fine. Mm. That's absolutely fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm. Um, looking a bit forward, um, and you guys as Abu Dhabi experts, <laughs> more than I am nowadays, can correct me if I'm wrong, but the warehouse 421, or sorry, the 421 area. It's fine, you can call it anything you want. Yeah. We don't mind. <laughs> The Warehouse 421 area is now undergoing a, a great deal of change. And I'm, I'm curious how you imagine that will affect um, 421 specifically or how that's going to affect the cultural ecosystem in Abu Dhabi. It seems like it's it's really something that people are talking a lot more about. I haven't had the chance to go there since, but I, I'm curious what you where you see the future going. Also, if I can just add, sure. maybe also your role in this, because you worked for Sheikh Salama Foundation and they're... They have a big role in the whole Misa project, right? Yes. Uh, I mean, I mean <clears throat> we're very excited about it because, you know, it was getting a little bit lonely for us in Minazayad <laughs> uh, for a while. So we're very, very excited about that. And, and Misa is a project, yes. Uh, it's like there's multiple institutions and uh, partners that are coming in to develop uh, Minazayad. I like to think of 421 as the pioneering project in there. We're, we're tenant uh, zero. zero. <laughs> uh, but it's really actually, it's something that we've been thinking about uh, a, a lot that, you know, the level of development that is in Abu Dhabi today is incredible. You know, just <clears throat> if you're coming from Dubai to Abu Dhabi and you're crossing the Sheikh Zayed, uh, Sheikh, sorry, Sheikh Khalifa Bridge from Saadiya to, uh, to Mina, You just you're looking at what's happening in Saadiyat Island. <clears throat> I can't help but be excited every single time. Mm. I can't, you know, like just looking at all of these incredible institutions that are coming. And then I come in and I'm starting to see all of these developments that in my neighborhood where it's going to be a space for, you know, people like me, you know, people like my colleagues, you know, people that are just you know they want to start these amazing projects and they need a space to do that in Abu Dhabi that you know that was definitely lacking uh, you know uh, a, a neighborhood where you know you can convene as creative practitioners you can just uh, you know come into to us to see a show or go to make and actually you know do some workshops and or or be in one of the many small private uh, you know uh, practices that are going to be uh, right next door to us it's it's going to create this kind of um the neighborhood that we're really missing in Abu Dhabi mm. and that's make, what makes it exciting and you know we're already thinking like how are we because we've as a space physically we've worked alone in that neighborhood you know because It was empty. There was nobody else around us. All the, you know, uh, and now in in 14 months' time, there's going to be at least 15 or 16 new projects right, you know, right at the, our doorstep. So we're actually very excited to just start to think about how are we going to actually be coming together and working together, and you know, um, it's just super exciting for us. Yeah. I think that's a great note to end it on. I think we'll move to this or that.
So we have three questions for you. The fun ones. The fun <laughs> ones. Finally. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> um, would you rather see the future or change the past? Oh. Um, I know I'm not supposed to say neither, <laughs> but I honestly, I definitely don't, I'm a person that does not uh, like to think, to look back with regret. I look back with ways to improve, but, you know, uh, I've, I've made a decision like a few years back that, you know, you can leave the regret and shame behind and, and look forward. However, I don't think I want to see the future because then life is going to be very boring. You know, I'm very happy with who I am today. And that's because of the past, but also because I still don't see where the future is going to be. You know, it's just going to be very boring if you know what the future is going to look like. I agree. Yeah, that's such a beautiful answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's not yes or no, but <laughs> it got us somewhere. I'm always like both. I want to do both. No, no neither. I'm a, ni- I'm I'm a, a neither, neither as neither. well. No, 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 neither. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next one is misunderstood after death or forgotten after death. Oh, forgotten. Yeah. Forgotten, no. I don't, I, yeah. 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 Mm, there's more exciting people going to be alive than who <laughs> I am, uh, than me. You don't need to remember me. Fair enough. And the last one? Uh, telekinesis or telepathy? Uh, telepathy, I think. Telepathy. You would like to know what people are thinking. Uh, yeah, I th- I think so. Like, I like to, th- you know, I like to, what people are thinking, but we're a way to connect with them. Fair. You know, that's how I'm looking at it, in a way to connect with people. I don't want to move things, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it, I, uh, I, I want to... Uh, yeah, connect with people on a, on a higher level, I guess. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Faisal. It was an honor to interview you. No, thank you guys for having me. And I'm sorry I uh, took so long <laughs> to, to get here. <laughs> Better late but than never. It's, yeah, it was definitely worth it. Thank you, guys. <laughs>